This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 22. On today's episode, we are going to talk with Katie Driscoll, the founder of Changing the Face of Beauty, about daring to see things differently. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is made possible by the world's very best tool for managing your time and getting your life in order, the Living Well Planner. Created by yours truly, the Living Well Planner is designed to help you organize your time, manage your budget, plan your meals and your to-do list, and crush your goals all in one place. It literally is the thing that keeps me sane and helps me do it scared, and it can absolutely do the same for you. Go to livingwellplanner.com slash do it scared to take advantage of our special offer just for podcast listeners. Once again, that's livingwellplanner.com slash do it scared. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I am the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of Five very, very soon to be six books. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the incredibly inspiring founder of the nonprofit organization, Changing the Face of Beauty, Katie Driscoll. Katie founded her organization seven years ago after her daughter was born with Down syndrome, and she and her husband realized that people with differences weren't really represented at all anywhere in advertising. She decided to start doing something about it, and over the past few years has literally changed the way the beauty and fashion industry thinks about including people with disabilities in their advertising campaigns. It's incredibly inspiring, but as you will hear, there is still work to do, and Katie is nothing if not determined to keep going no matter what. And ultimately, that is what this podcast is all about. It's about daring to keep going even when the road gets rough, knowing that we will get there eventually. Because in the end, courage doesn't mean that we are never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead. Okay, so just a couple more quick things before we dive into today's episode. If you haven't already, you can download our Do It Scared Manifesto to remind yourself to start living your own life of courage right now. You can get it by texting Do It Scared, all one word, to 44222, or you can get the show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 22. Once again, for the manifesto, either text Do It Scared, all one word, to 44222, or get the manifesto and the show, net, show notes at doitscared.com slash episode 22. 
Also, if you haven't already, please, please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. And while you are there, if you haven't already, please also be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And now, without further ado, I am so honored to introduce you to Changing the Face of Beauty founder, Katie Driscoll. Hi, Katie. It is so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm great. (laughs) Thanks. How are you? I am good. I am good. So you have a pretty amazing story and I can't wait to dive in. I have so many questions for you, but I think for our listeners who don't know you or what you do, can you just start a little bit at the beginning, how you got to where you are now and um, just who you are and what you do and how you got here? Well, um, my name's obviously Katie Driscoll. I'm a mom of six kids, uh, five boys. I know, right? Five boys. (laughs) Five boys and one girl. Mm -hmm. She is the youngest, so she was kind of the exclamation point at the end of our family. So anyway, she was born with Down syndrome, and um, Mm -hmm. so that was uh, something that we knew before she was born, but we did not know she was going to be a girl. So um, mm. it was a huge blessing to have a daughter after five boys. Um, yes, yes. And since she's been born, um, we have kind of dove into the, you know, um, what does the future look like? Um, you know, what opportunities are out there for her? You know, we are part of a disability community that's evolving all the time. When we know more, we do more. And mm. so um, with her birth and, and her joining our family, um, there was a passion born with my husband and I to really maximize um, her lifetime. And Mm -hmm. so through that, um, and through some talents that I didn't even really know that I had previous to her being born, um, I dove into photography and writing. And um, through that, we kind of came to how can we make the biggest impact in the shortest mm-hmm. period of time? And, and that was advertising. So uh, we decided to take on the advertising industry from our kitchen table um, wow. and see if we wouldn't be able to, yeah, capture just a small percentage of that um, enormous voice um, to start, you know, communicating value to um, the community that she was a part of. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your business and what, what it is and what it does. So Changing the Face of Beauty is a, is a nonprofit, and mm-hmm. we specifically advocate for the inclusion of the disability community in advertising. So mm-hmm. um, we firmly believe that brands can, take, can change the future of the disability community by valuing them as a consumer in their advertising. And mm-hmm. it's really that simple. You know, in our world, we aren't valued if we are not a consumer. Mm. So, um, so although we are a nonprofit, we are very much focused on, you know, how the disability community can actually help small businesses go to the mm. next level. Because when we put the disability community together, we're talking about the largest minority in the world. Mm. Um, their discretionary spending blows everyone out of the water. Mm. And, um, so it's a, it's a win-win on both sides. It's a win for the disability community because now, um, the community is seen as valuable. Um, you know, 
the face of disability is changing and evolving every day. Mm -hmm. So now we're communicating ability instead of disability. And then on the business side for small businesses, they are gaining an enormous, um, you know, consumer base that they have not tapped into up until the last couple of years. And so what are the, some of the, you know, just like the big wins that you've had and the results that you've had since you, and when, when did you start this organization? So Changing the Face of Beauty started as a campaign about almost seven years ago. Okay. Um, and literally it started with me and my camera and my daughter mm. um, and some small Etsy vendors. Oh, so wow. I would, yeah, spend my evenings, you know, sending notes <laughs> until Etsy shut me out and then I'd do it again the next <laughs> night, you know, just letting them know that I'm a photographer, I have this daughter, um, would they consider using her in some of their promotional stuff? At the time, mm-hmm. they would just send me product, I would send them pictures, um, and from there, you know, I had a good friend who um, noticed the efforts, you know, and encouraged me to go out to our community and start pulling in, um, you know, kids and young adults, uh, through this process. And so I did, you know, I just spent my evening contacting vendors and, and then set up photo shoots during the day. And that's amazing. It was, it, I mean, really it started out that small, you know, and what I realized is I needed a platform, you know, I needed mm-hmm. people to know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And so then I started reaching out to, to media outlets and mm-hmm. um, from there, you know, it really just came to this pivotal point of like, where in the heck do I go now, you know? And I remember driving home from our cottage and um, thinking it was August, going back to school. And I was like, wow, I can't, you know, I'm anxious because three of my kids were going back to school, three mm-hmm. of them I homeschooled at the time. Uh, and so uh, I was like, you know, those emotions of sending those kids back to school and what that looks like. And, and then I thought to myself, wait a minute, you know, where's the disability community? Where is the, where's the one in five children that walk into school buildings every single year um, with a difference? And I got home and I, you know, I started Googling and I looked through my emails from all of the, you know, big box stores sending me mm-hmm. backpacks ads and and they were no they were they were nowhere to be found they were literally non-existent in one of the most important pivotal you know times of the year for kids yeah so um so I called my friends you know I called a couple of companies that Mm -hmm. um I had connections with and asked them for product and you know shot downtown Chicago it at a at a used bookstore and started a conversation. And, and that was really the launch of what changing the face of beauty is today. Um, yeah, it was a big conversation with the media, like, okay, this is great. We're going back to school. Everyone's anxious. Where is the one in five, you know, almost 25% of kids that have differences and Mm -hmm. how are we communicating value? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, how can we ask kids to be friends with kids they never see, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so it's a complete God thing. He's taking care of me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And I just push that out into the universe. And from there, you know, the conversation started on a, on a broader, more national level. And now it's been, you've had some pretty big campaigns that you've done with, with your, with with this whole thing, right? That you, your daughter was just in something really big. Tell us about that. 
Right. Um, well, she's been in a couple of things. I don't know what you're referring to, but um, oh, last like, spring. Walgreens one was the one that oh, I Walgreens. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> she was in Walgreens. She was. And um, she hung in, um, gosh, I can't even remember now. It's been a year, but all of the Walgreens across the nation. And That's again, amazing. that was another, yeah, it really was. And it was another instance where, um, that wasn't me. You know, we had worked with some of our partners and they had asked for children and she just happened to be in that group. And, you know, six months later I get this call and they're like, we, we want this child that happened to be Grace. And so we went to the shoot and, you know, they cast her and wow. it gave us such a neat, a, an even bigger platform to yeah. talk about. That's amazing. No, it's, uh, what has the re what has the response been just kind of from the media in general from other people have you gotten a big response from families with ki with kids who have differences has what what has been sort of the result of all of this work that you've been doing in this organization well i'll tell you in the beginning um I would have parents come up to me um, thanking me uh, because they literally never, ever even expected to be seen. Mm. So um, that was pretty emotional, honestly, because, um, you know, imagine being a family that loves a person with a difference um, or a person with a difference and never really ever expecting to see yourself anywhere. Mm. You know, um, we see hundreds of thousands of images every single day and to know that they don't exist in any of them, mm -hmm. um, is a pretty profound, um, you know, conversation to have. Mm -hmm. So in the, in the beginning, there was a lot of thank yous, you know, mm -hmm. and since then, you know, as things have gradually changed, there is an expectation from the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, it's not okay to continue to ignore mm -hmm. um, the largest minority in the world. So mm -hmm. to be able to have been a, in a front row seat to watch that happen, and believe me, I'm just... I'm just a, just a person that was, you know, had an idea and, and a community um, embraced it. And that's why it is where it is today. Um, but it's been, a, it's, it's definitely been my purpose in life and, and wow. funny to find that at 40 years old, you know? Yeah. So did you, you never had really thought about doing anything like this before. Was there a moment where you, it just happened very organically or there was a moment where you're like, okay, I am all in for this now. Um, and how did you, how, like, what would you say to somebody that is, that's always what intrigues me. Cause I feel like with my, my business is a for-profit business, but it sort of started organically the same way where I just started doing what I was doing and I didn't really have big, big plans or big intentions for it but it sort of went the way that it did because I there, but there was for me a moment where I was like, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to be all in on this and I'm going to do it. What did you, do you feel like that? Was there a yes, moment where you said, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that we are all given blessings in the beginning that, you know, confirm that it is our purpose, but then it's mm -hmm. our job to really take it to the next oh, I level. Love that. And it's, I mean, I had a couple pivotal moments, honestly, I, um, you know, had received so much support from the media and then the questions started coming. Okay, Katie, because they wanted more, you know, they wanted to continue to talk about it. They're like, 
okay, Katie, who have you influenced? You know, mm -hmm. and I had worked with a lot of brands, mm -hmm. but I had never been brave enough to ask the question, mm -hmm. to ask them to actually change their advertising. So the first mm -hmm. moment came when I was on the treadmill watching Ellen, you know, I, I love Ellen DeGeneres and I, I just felt like she was speaking to me. And it was one of those moments where it was like, you had better be brave or get off the mm -hmm. treadmill. I mean, because at this point, you're not going to continue to stimulate that change if you don't, you know, ask in a big way. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was that moment where I was like, okay, I have to ask these brands to include. And so at that moment, I literally in my head launched a 15 in 2015. And I, I called my husband and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there in the universe. And I'm going to ask for 15 brands, you know, to join me and say that they'll include at least one model with a disability in their advertising in 2015. And, and I'm going to tell you, it did not, they weren't flooding in, you know, they really? were like me, you know, and yeah. it was nuts, honestly, before I had, you know, more than five and there were a lot of tears there were a lot of you know what am i doing why am i doing this yeah. to my family myself because you feel you know that that failure creeping in this isn't yeah it's not gonna happen and i mean shortly after this was fall right after the new year it was just it just took off and we ended mm -hmm. up with over a hundred in that's a country that said yeah yeah wow. so it was it was like wow we did that okay we impacted that and those hundred companies all they had to do was include at least one time mm. um a hundred percent of them did it without i mean i was just honestly i was a mom with a computer you know i i didn't have tracking <laughs> it was just you know i just gave them support through our yeah. social channels and they did it um, and so that was the first moment. Uh, the second was when I was like, okay, now I have over a hundred companies that are, that are, you know, that value this message in this community. Now I need to make this sustainable because mm -hmm. they were, you know, I wasn't making any money yeah. to be able to stay in the yeah. organization. So I had it was to, still just a passion. It was. It was just a passion and a conversation. And it amazes me that, you know, Landa Frost and Matilda Jane and some of these big names that actually said yes to a mom who had no lawyers, no, oh. <laughs> no contracts, no nothing, you know. So, um, but the second, then directly after that, it was like, okay, how are we going to be sustainable? And, mm -hmm. and I remember I, I attended this, um, event for my family and it was interesting. I was in the mix of like, okay, partnerships and this is how we're going to gear it. And, and my brother-in-law asked me, he's like, you know, what do you need money for? You know? And I was just like, it just, it completely weighted me. I was like, and I just fumbled around and, you know, whatever. And I said, well, I mean, this, this, you know, but I, mm -hmm. I, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'll shut the door. You know, I mean, I just literally just kind of let it go. So the next morning I wake up and my husband is on the front porch and he is very much my 
100% partner in this, mm -hmm. in this organization, this mission, this conversation. And, and he's scribbling on a paper and he says to me, you know, and I said, what are you doing? You know, it's 6 a.m. or whatever. And he said, I'm writing your response to every single person who asks you why changing the face of beauty matters. Mm -hmm. And he laid it on the line with me and told me, you know, Grace's disability is never going away. So mm -hmm. this cannot fail. And honestly, um, there was a lot of tears. And, you know, at that point, some, the belief was built so strong with, within me that no one, you know, nothing could ever tell me that this mission, this organization wasn't valuable. Oh, and from amazing. then on, things really changed. That's yeah. amazing. And the funny thing is, we went from over 120 companies down to like four. So, really? So you had, yeah. a, you got it, you didn't have any, then you got a bunch and then, which was really hard. And then they all participated once and then they were kind of like, well, we've done our part. We're out. Yeah. Well, basically once I asked for, you know, them to invest in the change oh, in the industry, required okay. financial support, um, they were like, we're out. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So then you, you know, then it was like rebuilding for real the next time. Yeah. And, now, and that was, yeah. that happened in 2016. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I hope you're right. I don't, I guess, <laughs> I don't even I know. know. I'm just kind of trying to put the timeline together. <laughs> yeah. It was about, well, <laughs> yeah, it was about three years ago. Okay. So, three and a half years ago. That's yeah. Amazing. That is, yeah. that's really, really incredible. And I just, I, I love it. I love your story because it's, I think so many people in your position can just relate to this idea of like not really knowing what they're doing. I hear that. I hear that all the time from moms who are in my audience and they'll write to me and they'll say, I just, I don't know how to do this stuff that you're talking about. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to, to run a nonprofit. I don't know how to take what I'm passionate and excited about and turn that into something real and to turn that into something more. And it doesn't sound like you really knew either. You just kind of started doing it. And that's, I, sometimes I feel like that, like if sometimes you just have to take the next step, you don't have to know all the steps. You just have to take, take the next step and then the next one. And then the next one after that and not give up because it would have been really easy for you to give up when you set this goal to have 15 companies and then like crickets for months. At, I mean, most people at that point would have been like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't going to work. And then you did amazing and got a hundred companies. And so, which is like, you, sometimes it's even harder when you have a little bit of success and then, and, which was great. But then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I have to make this real and it was almost like starting over again. And at that point, I think it would have been really easy for people to quit too, but, but you just kept going. And that's so key because this, like nothing can stand in your way as long as you're determined to not quit. And you realize like that your why was so much bigger than, than any fear or any struggle that you were going to have to go to. It's super inspiring. What, what would you tell somebody who's in that position, think, you know, has this idea or has this passion, but doesn't even know where to start, what would you say? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, I said it today and, you know, it really is just that one foot in front of the other. And, you know, 
not quitting. I mean, because the minute you so quit, it's, it's, it's a failure, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it no longer exists. So if you just keep putting your foot in front of the other mm -hmm. and staying in your lane, I think that's, that's a huge thing. You know, I, our community, there are so many amazing creative people that want to make change. And I think one of the things that I did well was I always stayed in my lane. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a million things that I could advocate for mm -hmm. uh, my daughter, right. And for mm -hmm. the community, but changing the face of beauty was 100% about media and advertising. And that's mm -hmm. where we stay. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, um, when you define really, and, and it didn't, again, it didn't come day one. I didn't mm -hmm. know what changing the face of beauty would be. Mm -hmm. Um, but I listened, I was coachable. Um, I asked a ton of questions mm -hmm. anyone who would give me, you know, 10 minutes and I took nuggets from every conversation mm -hmm. and I just kept building um, you know, the momentum on, on that, because I had no experience in advertising. I had no experience in photography. You know, I had really no <laughs> extraordinary experience besides yeah. raising kids. You know, that's all I, that's all I had. So, um, I believe that this story is 100% built on passion. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you find that passion, you will find that way. Mm, I love that. So what is, what is, what are some of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn in this process or just kind of one of your hard life lessons that, you know, either mistake that you made or time that you were treated badly or something happened, what happened first of all, tell us, and then how, what did that teach you? Well, I most, I, there's been so many things that have happened. <laughs> you can tell um, more than one. Right. But most recently, I would say, you know, I used to really have this mentality of if things didn't go the way that I expected them to go, that it was a failure, you know, mm -hmm. that it was a failure. And I would use those words, you know, mm -hmm. it failed. I did this. We did this. It failed, you know, and something that I've learned recently is that, you know, life is really about failing forward and, mm -hmm. you know, everything we've done, it might not have been the outcome that we expected, mm -hmm. but there was always a nugget of something in there that, that we learned. Right. And we took it and we, utilized in another capacity. So, um, you know, whether it's bringing you a new connection because life is all about connections, um, you know, or just bringing you that, um, this isn't as easy as you thought it would be. This probably isn't the way you should have displayed that you might want to consider this. Um, each one of those things has really helped me become a better leader. Um, you know, stronger in my steps. And, um, you know, just, I just, I don't know. It's just like a mishmash of there is no failure really. No. You know, there's always something through that experience that, um, gets you to the next step. Oh, I what you, you need. could not agree more. That is, I, my, is the, I tell my kids this all the time too. There are no mistakes only lessons. That is all, that is all you can do. And sometimes yeah. failure is even better because you learn more and it allows you to be more successful in the future. But it, that fear of making a mistake is, that's a big one. It's really I think it, I, it paralyzes us. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and that was me before this mm -hmm. journey. I was so 
paralyzed in the fear of messing up or doing something wrong that it 100% held me back. And it wasn't until my husband really breathed that belief into me mm-hmm. and kind of like shook me up a little bit and said, this isn't an option to fail. As soon as I knew that it wasn't an option, you know, and that he was 100% behind me and, you know, I had to evaluate. I mean, so many of us put so much time and effort into our dreams. Mm-hmm. And then when they aren't where we want them to be at mm-hmm. whatever given, you know, goal time that we've given ourselves, mm-hmm. we quit. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, look back and, and think about all the time that you, you know, weren't with your family, you know, that you chose your dream over, you know, other things in your life. Well, mm-hmm. now that you quit, all of that is, is last. it was wasted. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was wasted. So, um, so yeah, I, that I, I, I see it time and time again and I've lived it and it just breaks my heart when I see the fear, um, mm-hmm. that slows so many people down so many doing people. amazing. It's so, it's so true. And my husband, it's so funny. My husband always tells me whenever I'm doing something like scary or that I'm nervous about, or I'm like going to take some sort of new risk or new business venture or whatever, you know, because part of being an entrepreneur, part of putting yourself out there is that taking risks and trying something new and it might work and it might not, or you have to invest money in something and it might work and it might not. And my husband is very, very blunt. So he's always like, well, don't worry. Even if you, even if it goes badly, it won't be the worst mistake you've ever made. <laughs> Which is so true. <laughs> when you realize like, there's really nothing that I can do that's going to be any worse than anything I've already done and already failed at, then, then it kind of gives you the freedom to just keep, just keep going forward. It really does. And there's something to be said about, you know, great husbands and good friends. You know, I mean, another thing that I've done as an entrepreneur is, is I really had to clean my toolbox out and make sure that I am surrounded by you can do it and not what ifs, you know, because believe me, we know in our mind, all yeah. the what ifs yep. like, we're pretty <laughs> I love how bad I've, never, I've never heard it put that way before that the you can do it versus the what ifs but that is yeah. so true you need to have those people who are going to be your cheerleaders and going to be the ones who keep telling you just keep going just keep going don't quit because yes. we don't need that voice in our head is loud enough that's absolutely true <laughs> it's deafening sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So what are you working on right now that has you really fired up? Well, I mean, we've got a lot of things. Actually, June is a really busy month for changing the face of beauty. And we are, um, I'm getting ready to fly to California, the Bay Area. Um, Next weekend, we have some of the top industry creatives um, that work with children uh, have come together. Yeah, they've teamed up. Um, They each have their, you know, their strength and they're coming together and they're putting together um, really kind of an expose of what it means to be seen, what these kids look like, and, you know, hoping to push that out into um, industry um, publications. So Mm -hmm. they are committed, right, to creating something really creative. And that's really cool because you can imagine, I mean, I'm going up against some of the most creative people in the world. I mean, they, that's where they go. That's mm-hmm. how they make their bread better, you know, is in advertising. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to influence people that have the best eye ever, mm-hmm. um, 
I think as an organization, we've reached a point where it's like, we better be giving them some really awesome content mm. and something to really think about. So um, these creatives feel really empowered. And, you know, one of the conversations that we had was, okay, we were casting and they went to their agencies. And what they realized is that there was only four kids in the Bay Area that were represented by talent firms. Um, really? Yeah. And they all wow. four had Down syndrome and they were discouraged. They couldn't believe that that's all the agencies had. Um, and it shed light on something that I'm dealing with. You know, I'm still trying to find that national talent firm that's ready mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to be the first one. Mm -hmm. um, we have headshot clinics. We're getting ready to have one in Arizona. Mm -hmm. We just had one at our partner, Land of Frost, here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, to empower the community to push those talent firms to represent them because uh, unfortunately that's another component of changing the face of beauty. You know, we can ask big box stores to include, but if they can't find the talent, we've got a whole nother problem. And that is yeah. the issue. There are so many amazing brands out there that really want to be a hundred percent inclusive like Target and Nordstrom, mm -hmm. but are challenged in finding that talent. So, really? um, so, so it's amazing. You're starting to work then with the talent agencies and convincing them. And do you find, do they give you a lot of resistance then? And what is the resistance there? Yes, it's actually a hundred percent resistance. Mm -hmm. They are not interested in investing time um, in representing the community. So you can see that being that, you know, we started this seven years ago where there was no one in a Christmas, you know, catalog. Uh, with mm -hmm. a disability, there was no one in back to school, you know, there was, we could go, you know, and then gradually over the last seven years, now the toy magazines at Christmas, every single big box store has the disability community represented mm -hmm. back to school, hands down, most companies include, you know, so it's changing, but the mm -hmm. talent firms are still resistant to it because they don't feel that there is enough um, requests, which is sad mm -hmm. because it costs them no money to have these children right. on their, or adults on their right. books. If people are listening to this right now and feeling like that's total crap um, and want to do something about it, is there a petition? Is there some, is there something that they, we can join to say like, hey. That's a really good idea. We want to see more representation. Yeah, like, that's a really good idea. I might have to look into that. That's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah, yeah well, no, we don't, we don't it, have a petition. If you have That's something really going, let us know, and we will make sure that we include it in the show notes for this episode awesome. so that people can, people can find it because yeah. I think, that's, I mean, or just start speaking up, start writing, you know, writing these talent agencies yes. and talking about that. And could, because it's, it seems so bizarre to me that if you're working with the advertisers and the advertisers go, yes, we do have a lack, we have a lack of diversity represented here. We've got a lack of different faces represented here. So we want to start representing all, all people in our advertising. Yeah. That's amazing. Like that's huge progress. And then you find this like middle, this middle person that's your obstacle. Like that makes me mad. I want to do something about that. <laughs> I know. Really. <laughs> I mean. Ready to end this know, right now and go fight. Exactly. <laughs> I call everyone, you know, in the talent industry. It's so true. It's, it's. It's really unfortunate. And, you know, we are in a position to continue to empower that community. I have people send me emails all the time asking, you know, my kid wants to do this or I want to do this. And I'm like, you've got to push and you've got to push through the no's because you're going to get seven no's before you get, you know, a yes. 
Um, but we need enough people to continue to push that. So mm -hmm. that's why I love our headshot clinics. You know, mm -hmm. it usually empowers about 30 people that's to go out into that network and start, you know, they, they leave with their headshot, they push out there and, and start pushing those firms to include. But um, we're also doing an amazing um, event in um, San Diego where we're coming together actually with, you know, one of our first um, yeses uh, back, mm -hmm. you know, four years ago, and um, we have our partners coming together on this Everybody Plays event where it's really going to talk about, you know, parenting journeys and what it looks like, regardless of your background, of your ability, of, you know, where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And so um, for the first time, I'm going to have three to four of our partners sit down and um, we're going to create a media piece about what it looks like to be inclusive all the mm -hmm. time, what it looks like like for their business, you know, for their consumers, mm -hmm. um, what's the feedback that they receive. Um, so I'm super, super excited about that too. That's amazing. That's, that's, it's incredible what you're doing really. It's inspiring. And I think anybody who's listening to this, like, it just makes you realize you're like, you're just one person. You're a mom of six kids. And to have that moment where you go, my daughter's different and she's not represented anywhere out there, I'm going to do something about it. Like that just shows like anybody can do, can do something, Anything. just have to start somewhere. And, and yeah. even when you don't know what you're doing and you can go out there and do it. Yeah. So it's funny too, on the, um, just on that note, you know, the change that we really wanted to create for our daughter was that she would be employed and, you know, mm -hmm. why advertising? So our idea was to get into the companies, you know, communicate value on a consumer level so that the next natural progression would be, let's talk about jobs. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that we're super excited that two of our, you know, big partners are having those conversations now. Okay. We see the value. Yeah. That's so a lot of foresight to have that. Yeah. How, how old was your daughter when you started working on this? <laughs> she was, oh my gosh. Well, she's um, eight and a half. And so um, it was about, you know, six and a half, seven years ago. So she was like two years old. Wow. But um, yeah, I will say from the moment that we heard Down syndrome, we, you know, the future flashes before you, like, what does this look like when she's an adult? And, yeah. you know, we want her to have the same opportunities to go in and interview for a job that mm -hmm. our sons do. So, um, yeah. How do you have that open conversation? How do you get mm -hmm. people comfortable with who she is? Because we weren't necessarily comfortable. I had no exposure to people with Down syndrome before mm -hmm. I was given my daughter. So I have compassion and understanding for people that don't. Mm -hmm. And so I thought this is a really easy way to ease our society into what it looks like to be different. And oh my gosh, the, the stories from Matilda Jane um, that have come back where they send out this beautiful lookbook and the mom is sitting there with her daughter and the daughter starts having conversations about the kids that look a little different in the lookbook. I have goosebumps talking about it. You know, it just gives you that parent the safe place to have a conversation and explain what that looks like and that, you know, through just like you and, and yes, their face might look a little different or they might not have an arm or, you know, whatever that is, but they're no different than you. They have the same expectations. And so when they're, you know, faced with that child at school, well, now all of a sudden that child has value because she was in the Matilda Jane, you know, or she was in the Target. Mm -hmm. um, 
magazine. I, I went to a school and brought ads and passed them out. It was a grammar school. And I asked them to pick out, you know, characteristics of, um, humanity, right? And that included differences. And the faces on those kids when they couldn't find a wheelchair, you know, they couldn't find a walker, they couldn't even find braces, you know, um, was just like, you could just see the bubbles going off above their head like this doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. you know, so um, we are passionate at Changing the Face of Beauty about educating the future of advertising. So we actually have a PSA that goes into schools and has that broader conversation. Mm -hmm. um, Eric Nordstrom, from he's a co-president of Nordstrom, um, mm -hmm. weighed in on it. And, um, you know, they, they talk about how it's just part of their brand. And I just feel like if these kids have this impactful moment, that when they're sitting at that creative table, they will mm -hmm. never, ever forget about the disability community. Mm, I love that. It's so, it's so amazingly inspiring. It's what you're doing is just, it's truly, I'm, I am, I'm inspired by it. <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk about what has inspired you. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received and why? Oh my goodness. That's really a good <laughs> question. It's a big question or just a good piece oh. of advice if you're not sure if it's the best. Yeah. Um, gosh, there are some, but I just, oh, I know. Um, so it was shortly after um, we had gotten some traction with the media and the Today Show called and um, they said, oh, Katie, when's your next shoot? And I was like, um, I have no idea. I was 100% faking it to make it right. Um, but long story short, uh, I called up Matilda Jane and, and that's when we first connected and they were 100% yes, what do you need? And by the way, our founder is coming to the shoot. And I was wow. like, whoa, okay. Wow. Right. But she said to me, and unfortunately she's since passed away, but she was a huge mentor to me. And she said to me, Katie, you know, because I, at the time I didn't know that her son also had a disability. Mm -hmm. And so I had asked her, you know, Denise, your son has a disability, you know, why did you never um, include in, in your Matilda Jane advertising? Mm -hmm. And she said that she had started talking about her son and she received notes um, from, I think it was one or two people that made the comment of, oh, are you trying to make us feel sorry for you? And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, that makes sense. Again, one person can shut you down. You could have mm -hmm. 10,000 people who think you are the most Critics amazing that. person on earth. But one person can mm -hmm. shut it down and it shut it down for her. Um, mm -hmm. But what she said to me that day afterwards is she said, Katie, she said 98% of people are really, really good. And I don't know what it was, but it was just, it's something that I run through my head mm -hmm. all the time when I'm exposed to maybe a naysayer. Mm -hmm. I just keep remembering that 98% of people are really good. And it doesn't mean that that person isn't good. Mm -hmm. It's just that, they're speak. having a bad day, you know, their voice and their voice sounds louder than it's, right. it's critics math. The one, 100 compliments plus one critic criticism <laughs> equals one criticism. It's so yeah. true. And yeah, I love, I love that 90, you got to remember 98% of people yeah. are with you. They just don't speak up all the time. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're the 98% of good yes. people speak up, <laughs> speak yes. up more and, and I, you know, you need to hear it. There's so much value in that too. You know, we are so 
consumed with media coming at us all the time, you know, but something I've practiced because changing the face of beauty grew through relationships, you know, and as you get bigger, you, you stop forming those relationships because you become bigger, you know, and, and I've really been going back and really letting people know, you know, that, and that's one thing I have done with the media. Thank you. You, you got us where we are today and now we're here because you said yes, seven years ago, but also just on social media, you know, when you see something that grabs you, that makes you smile, like we need to, to do more of, you know, communicating that, speaking up, right. letting people know that, that what they did today mattered to you, yes. uh, I think is so valuable for I all of us. That. that is advice for the ages right there, for sure. Right. Right. So Katie, as we're wrapping up, um, first of all, is there anything else that you want us to know? Any final words of wisdom? And then also just let us know where we can find you and how we can support you. Awesome. Well, I mean, I just appreciate the opportunity. Um, as soon as I saw the name of your podcast, I was a hundred percent in, I love Aww. this conversation. It's a passion of mine. Um, and I, and truly we are where we are today because of people like you that see our mission and value it and give us a platform to talk about it. So I so appreciate that. And you can find us on Facebook, Changing the Face of Beauty, Instagram, Changing the Face of Beauty. We're on trip Twitter too, but we just don't do it don't too do much it. over there. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I still haven't figured it out. And, um, and of course, changingthefaceofbeauty.org. We're there all the time. So. Awesome. And all of those links will also be um, available on our show notes page. So you can definitely check that out as well. Well, Katie, thank you awesome. so much for joining me today. It was so great to meet you. And I am truly so inspired by everything that you're doing. And uh, I hope that I can support you in any way that I can. Thank you. Likewise. Mm -hmm. Keep on keeping on. I mean, wow. The things that you have put out to the universe and the moms and women that Aww. you're helping, good work. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so don't forget that if you would like to grab our Do It Scared Manifesto or if you would like to get the show notes for this episode, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 22 or by texting Do It Scared to 44222 right now. Once again, get the show notes at doitscared.com slash episode 22 or get our manifesto by texting Do It Scared, all one word, to 44222 on your phone right now. And before we go, I just want to say once again that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics that you want to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, if you want to share your own Do It Scared story, or if there are any guests that you would like to see me interview, please, please feel free to reach out via e email. You can just fill out our form at doitscared.com. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard once again, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and then share a screenshot of your review at doitscared.com for a chance to win Do It Scared t-shirts and mugs and some of our other great merchandise. And also be sure to subscribe via iTunes or via Google Play or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a new episode. And speaking of new episodes and upcoming episodes, please be sure to join me next week as we look at a topic that affects so many people. It's comparison. 
I'm going to share some practical tips for how you can escape that comparison trap. And I'm also going to explain how using those tips might just change everything. Guys, this one is going to be a game changer and I promise you will not want to miss it. I will catch you then.